0: Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is entitled Single and Surrendered. It's funny, even as I say that, I have to admit a lot of the time when I thought I was surrendering, I really wasn't. Sure, I wasn't dating and was committed to God bringing me the man He wanted me to spend the rest of my life with, but my thoughts, my intentions, the motivations of my heart told a very different story. I continued to try to control this area of my life, declaring God's will when I was only really listening to my own voice. I'll never forget, it was late October 2013 and I received a confirmation of connection on LinkedIn from Ross. I had learned that his wife of 49 years had been diagnosed with cancer and only lived another 126 days passing into glory on September 30th. So it had been a month and he's reaching out to me through LinkedIn? I was indignant. After all, I was waiting for my friend who was God's perfect will for me. So this had to be a tactic of the evil one to distract me from God's plan for my life. I sat down in all my righteous indignation and wrote Ross an email, telling him I was so sorry for his loss and reminding him of Kathy's words about if anything ever happened to her, that he should marry me. Well, I let him know then and there that that was not going to happen because God had made it perfectly clear that I was to wait for my friend who was his perfect will, which means Ross might at best be his good or pleasing will, but not his perfect will. Oh, how arrogant I was. I wished him a great life and told him that I was sure God had the right woman for him, but it wasn't me. (laughs) The way he tells the story, he felt like he got dumped and we weren't even going together. He didn't want to burn any bridges, so he thought about it for two days before responding, and then, in a most gracious response, said while he didn't find the thought of being married to me unpleasant, he didn't necessarily take Kathy's words as prophetic. He closed with a bridge. I want to make sure we stay friends in the future. I'm sure glad he didn't play the God card like I did, you know, when someone tells you, well, God told me, whatever. Yeah, I think we've all done that at one time or another. And that kind of statement leaves no opportunity for discussion or questioning or reasoning. Instead, his email left an open door for God to invite me through it in his timing, not mine. So I filmed the introduction to this episode sitting on the front steps of our 100-year-old craftsman house. Who would have ever guessed that God would orchestrate the two of us coming together? But I think about it. I had nothing after my 13 years of spiritual abuse and losing all my earthly possessions. I didn't have a house and decades of stuff to get rid of in order to meld our lives into one. Nope, when God brought me into the arms of my Prince Charming and into the Holtz clan, it was with a few suitcases of clothes and many boxes of books, and that was it. No muss, no fuss, just the provision of the perfect person ever. Wow, now that is a faithful God. So hey, take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more folks can find this podcast and be encouraged. Or you may even know someone who needs to hear this message, so please share the link with others. You may even want to visit the YouTube channel to see the video version of this podcast and connect with the conversations happening over there. Type into your browser, redeemedandrestored.tv, and you'll find the video broadcast there. So hey, let's get started. Hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. Today's segment is titled Single and Surrendered. I think back to my days of being single as a 60 plus year old woman who'd had her heart and her mind shredded apart by the enemy. Let's face it, I was vulnerable. I will never forget being freshly out of the grips of the cult and that whole mind control mentality. I was longing for a Prince Charming to sweep me off my feet and carry me off into the sunset. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was contacted through Facebook by a well-known celebrity in the Pacific Northwest Christian community. His name was from mythology and he was a big name on the radio here in Seattle. He approached me as being interested in my story of being sucked into a cult and the many years of spiritual abuse that I'd endured. He did seem a little flirty at the same time, so I was flattered. But I kept thinking this was all about him bringing me on to his show on the radio to share how God rescued me from deception. We set a time to have lunch, initially at a swanky restaurant in Seattle, downtown, but then he moved it to his condo, which overlooked the water. Oh, I love the water. I still wasn't picking up on what was going on until he started saying things to me that were a bit off color. Like, hey, don't wear any earrings when you come over and make sure you wear sandals. Then he texted me a statement that had the red flags waving in no uncertain terms. Hey, I give great massages. I'm like, huh? I thought this guy was married. All of a sudden, the thought came into my head. No one ever has to find out. You have to remember, I grew up in an environment of my dad living a double life. But I was shocked at that thought. At the very moment when that happened, my friend Cindy over in Spokane messaged me. What's going on? God told me you're in trouble. I dialed her number and I told her everything, even the thought that I'd had as embarrassing as it was. I blocked him on Facebook, texted him back and canceled and told him never to contact me again. What a faithful God that he would speak to my friend and send me a means of escape. From that point on, I was committed to God bringing the guy he chose for me. And he wouldn't be married or an unbeliever or addicted to pornography, for that matter, or abusive. I was begging God to protect me from another abuser. I'd been at the summit involved in the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course for maybe three or four months when I was with this group of women. All the men were away at their annual Trout Bums event where they all went fishing, opening weekend for fishing season. We're all chatting around the table and Ross's late wife, Kathy, looked at me and said, you know, I told Ross if anything ever happened to me, he needs to marry you. I'm like, huh, that was awkward. And what made it doubly awkward was the fact that I would sit in church as Ross preached and think, God, could I have a guy like that? He loves his wife and family. He's not a flirt. He's transparent. He's willing to admit his struggles. Can I just have somebody like that? Can I have a husband like that, God? So, of course, Kathy's words freaked me out. She wasn't sick then. So I'm wondering, is she going to be sick? Does he know that she told me this? Head games galore were the order of the day. So I tried helping God out and thought, maybe this good-looking widowed naturopath was the one he had for me. After a while, it was obvious he wasn't. So I was back to square one feeling awkward again because I kind of had a crush on the pastor thanks to the words of his then wife. I was so grateful that my brother invited me to go to San Antonio to help him with my mom. While there, I joined a singles group at a big church that I went to and sang in the choir at. None of the guys at all interested me, but there were some great sisters to just hang out with so I wasn't alone. In June of 2013, I reconnected with an author friend when I was doing radio interviews for my Always Faithful program at the International Christian Retail Show. I loved his heart for ministry and for helping others process grief and heal from childhood sexual abuse. I became convinced over time that this was the guy God wanted me to wait for. He'd gone through a rough divorce 18 months earlier and was still a mess from that. So we were good friends, but never dated. He knew I was waiting for him and it kept me from going back onto dating sites online. I thought because I wasn't dating that I was single and surrendered. But I found out I was only half I was single, but not surrendered. Toward the end of 2013, I was lining up guests to interview on my radio show, and Judy Gordon Morrow had a new book out. It was this wonderful devotional entitled, The Listening Heart, Hearing God in Prayer. We spent quite a bit of time in December discussing it and hearing each other's stories We both had some similarities, so it was just a divine appointment for us to connect. She kept questioning me, waiting for my friend, which made me wonder, had I called my voice God's all along? Had I just decided this was the guy and called it God? Oh no, this this was not good. I could not get any peace. So I spent the days leading up to New Year's Eve questioning all that I had claimed was God. God was preparing me for a startling realization. Conviction overcame me as I realized how much I had not heeded his call to be still. Sure, I was being still by not dating and for waiting on him to move in my new radio career, But now I saw it plain as day. I was not being still inside. I was plotting and planning this relationship, claiming obedience to him when he really had nothing to do with it. I spent the entirety of New Year's Eve 2013 repenting for my actions, for my motives, for my claiming his voice speaking when it was mine all along. I was so beside myself in horror over my actions that I cried out to him, Lord, if you never allow me to marry, I'm content. I surrender my desire to have a husband and I give it to you to do with whatever you will. I rejoice in whatever you allow, including a future without that Prince Charming that I've been trying to make happen. You, Lord, are my husband, I told him, and I am content with that. Truth be told, in the past, I would surrendered things with the underlying assumption that if I surrendered, he would give it back to me. Ever done that? So while I told myself I was surrendering, I really wasn't because I expected a particular outcome from that act. And that is not surrender. Surrender is defined as to give up, abandon, or relinquish comfort, hope, etc. To yield or resign an office, privilege, etc. in favor of another. I had come to the place of no longer feeling entitled that I deserved a husband or that God owed me that kind of blessing after all that I had endured in losing everything over my years of spiritual abuse. I was not resigning my privilege or hope in hopes that he would turn around and give it to me. This time was different. I did not have an ulterior motive for surrendering my singleness and my future. I did it because I wanted to honor God with my life, my single life, even if my status never changed. What went on to happen from there over the next three weeks was a whirlwind of redemption and restoration. What a faithful God we serve, a loving Father who longed to bring restoration as I made my way back to him and the truth of who he is. So hey, thanks for joining me today. I sure would appreciate it if you'd like, follow, share, comment on this episode. I'd even love to connect with you and hear how God is working in your life. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and this is Redeemed and Restored. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.